Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, my first guest for t- uh, this afternoon is uh, Dr. Janice Green, uh, the president of the Snohomish County NAACP. And uh, you might have catch, caught the news, but quite a few things happening in Snohomish County, especially with the school district and some other issues. So, Dr. Green, uh, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And uh, like I indicated before we came on, this is your town, your time. Uh, uh, what issues are you working on and what do you want people to know about what's happening in Snohomish County from the NAACP's perspective? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we have a lot going on in NAACP. I'm sure that you saw that we have put a, out a press release about our youngest Black council person in Linwood, um, seeing whether or not he has been targeted. So we're in the middle of that investigation right now. Um, we hope to wrap it up within the next few weeks, and I can give you more information when that happens. We've also had a lot going on in our school districts. We've had people who've had complaints about uh, students just using the N-word casually in the hallways, and there's been no uh, response from the school officials. And then we've had uh, other school districts. I don't know if you paid attention uh, to what's going on up here in Snohomish County, but we did have um, in Monroe School District, we had an incident there. And a couple years back, we had an incident where someone said that they were going to be killing uh, Black people. And that was what, you know, you may have seen the reports on that. So overall, I think in across the county that we have a lot of incidents we also, at the same time, have a lot of support from some of the support from the people that live here. So it's kind of a dual, a dual uh, dichotomy, I guess. You have the people that are supportive, but I think over the last couple of years, what you've seen is people that have racist tendencies or discriminatory tendencies feel much more open about uh, just executing on that or acting on that, and so we have to be pretty vigilant. And, you know, uh, uh, the folks are coming out of the woodwork and they have their leader, the 45, who is leading the charge on this. So uh, uh, also there were some issues with uh, I was at the, uh, the uh, school district up there. Was it Marysville School District that had some serious issues? We had a serious issues at Marysville School District. That's been a couple of years ago. Um, and that was the one where I said that uh, it went to the fact where they'd actually posted online that um, through social media that they were going to kill Black people. There were some others that they had in class, um, Zoom meeting, called out people that they were going to do harm to. So uh, that was resolved, but I don't consider it resolved because I think the attitudes may be still there. One of the things I find, um, Eddie, is like what I don't like is when something happens and it's egregious, they tend to fix it with DE&I training, you know, so that they, they, they get caught, per se. They know that they've done wrong and the way that they, the the punishment or the what they do is they give people training instead of, uh, in my mind, they should get much heavier discipline. Uh, what is the population of the African-American population of Snohomish County? It's growing. I'd say it was somewhere about around 3%, but I'm seeing more and more African-American people moving this way, likely because Seattle is uh, getting extremely expensive. So I see I see a bit of a migration here. I think that we have more African-American population than we've had in a long time, but I couldn't put a number to it. Yeah, we have the former uh, chief of police in, in Seattle lives in Snohomish County. Yeah. Uh, Carmen Bess. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And I know that uh, over the years, there have been quite a few uh, Black elected officials in Snohomish County. Uh Back, I think, in the 80s, I think you had a, a Black on the city council. You still might have that. We had Carl well, I'll tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the history of the Black elected officials in Snohomish County. Right now, we know one district has the only all-Black congressional, I mean, not congressional, but legislative group, and that's uh, uh, Ms. Brandy and uh, uh, Representative April Berg and and, uh, Senator John Lovey. That's Representative Brandy. Right. I think that's the 44th. So they are the probably the only one in Washington, I believe, 
That's right. Yeah, so both so Brandy Donahue, April Berg, and John Levick represent that district. Um, all are very committed to the community and operate. You know, they participate and they make sure that they take back what the needs are in the community. So I pretty I respect them. Um, I think that they do a good job. So what are some of the other pressing issues uh, that you have as president of the Snohomish County NAACP? And then I want to ask you about some of the national issues uh, that are, because I think there's going to be in July, is that uh, the uh, national conference going to be? Yeah. The national conference is in July. Um, So I would say the most of the pressing, I mean, some of the pressing issues when it comes to civil rights, one thing we're looking at right now is a civil, so the city of Everett passed ordinance is called Don't Sit, Don't Lie. And so with this ordinance, they have a periphery that if somebody's going for treatment or to get some other type of help, mental health help or food, say like a gospel mission or compass health, there's a periphery that you can't sit or lie in that area. You have to move on. Um, and so that makes it kind of criminalizes people that don't have resources. So that's one of the things we're looking at. And I would, in addition to that, that's been in effect for a while. They expanded it. In addition to that, if you see somebody, you want to give them a bottle of water or give them some food, you'll be fined for that as well. So, you know, that's kind of rings Kind of like the Georgia, where you, Georgia, when the voters said you, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Water, I mean, water couldn't give them something to eat. So um, I I went to the city council meeting when they passed that ordinance, and now we're going to be looking into it as a policy to see whether or not um, that stands. Uh, one of the issues, the long term issues, is we know that in general. It's going to be the black and brown people that suffer the most, the ones that have to go to jail if it's a gross dis- misdemeanor. Those are the tar- usually the targeted people. Exactly. So it's in the long term, it's whether or not the civil rights are being violated for those folks that are are sitting or lying in that area. Yeah, and I, I think about how much money the uh, the country spends for with the defense budget, my, my congressman is a former chair of the House Armed Services Committee, Congressman Adam Smith, and a couple of years ago, the budget was $780 billion. Right. And, you know, and then by the time that they make some of those weapons, they're considered obsolete, but the people don't get their money back. But I do like the idea now of how President uh, Biden is talking about uh, 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 getting rid of this deficit, and that is by having people pay their fair share of taxes. I absolutely agree with you. you. Know, when people want to, you know, they're talking about making people work for food stamps or SNAP and stuff like that. But when the, the, the Republicans gave those multi-billionaires the tax breaks, they didn't have to work for that. And, and you know, they, there was no concern about a deficit. And the debt ceiling uh, legislation uh, was passed every year under uh, Donald Trump. So, you know, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And, yeah. Anyway, I just want to get all the way off on that. But I just well, in, you know, in addition, about it. <laughs> sorry. In addition to that, you know, when they talk about Social Security being an entitlement, uh, that's something else they need to make sure that people pay their Social Security to, and don't stop it at one hundred and forty thousand or one hundred fifty thousand. So everybody's paying their fair share of Social Security because, to me, it's not an entitlement. I work all my life. If they can just give me the money I put back in there as a lump sum, I'd be happy. But um, the fact that they don't continue Social Security after a certain income um, makes it not solvent. Well, you know, uh, that's a touchy subject around the world because you saw what happened in France when the president tried to move the retirement age from 62 to 64. Yeah. People became unglued over there. So, uh, and I think a lot of people that have uh, little biases, you know, towards uh, blacks and other people of color, uh, when they start talking about cutting the Social Security and Medicare, it's going to affect them too. Right. I don't care what kind of bias you have. If that happens, and if this debt ceiling uh, uh, legislation is not they people seem to be pretty comfortable. But I certainly hope it's not done at the expense of poor people and people who are in need. You know, that's something that we just really hope doesn't happen. Well, I'm looking to see, I mean, we're going to be very, um, we're, we are going to be very active this year. We're going to be working, you know, this is starting with elections. We want to make sure that we get people out to vote. Our county has a very low 
turnout rate when it comes to elections. So we're starting now. We've got, I don't know if you know, um, but we have a, a pack here. It's called uh, Snohomish Ebony Pack, and they're helping a black, black, um, black electeds and helping getting blacks into elected positions. So as far as endorsing and funding and that, so we'll be working with them as well. And we do, I think, like I said, we have such a low voter turnout that if we can get people to come out, it doesn't take much to turn that tide. Well, you know, uh, it was really disappointing to hear about uh, the midterm election turnout, especially of black voters, mm -hmm. given all the stuff that our people that came before us had to go through just to get that right. And then they have, uh, like in Louisiana, they have a black on the, the ballot for Lieutenant General, uh, Lieutenant uh, uh, Governor, I think. And I mean, just real low, even my, in my neighborhood, it's Freeport and Cattle Perry. So turnout of black folks is poor. And if you want to slip around here and let the Trumpites get in, then all you're doing is ask for trouble. All you got to do is take advantage of an opportunity that other people died for you to have. Absolutely. And I think that can be emphasized enough. And I hope they start playing more and more, even on social media, some of the uh, film, the black and white film from the civil rights struggle, so they can see some of the atrocities that we had to go through just to get our rights. So I, I hope that that's, that that's something that can happen. I, you know, I, I think that I see these younger people, they're coming, they're, they're getting very civically active, more so than in the last four or five years than I've seen in a long time. And that gives me a lot of hope because they're out there, they are protesting, they are looking for ways that they can support, they are registering to vote, they're talking to us about uh, the history. And I think I agree with you, is somehow or the other, we lost a, may have lost a connection to the history, the civil rights history, but I think that you'll see more in this next few years from those young people that are out there ready to fight. That would be great. Uh, Dr. Janice Green, thank you very much for your time today. and. Uh... Uh, we will stay in touch. If something comes up, please give me a call. You can consider this program as a platform. Okay, we also got our president of the Washington State chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors, Bob Armstead, on with us too. And I think uh, Dr. Janice Green, you and Bob, myself, and quite a few people had a sit-down with Sound Transit, included Sharon Tomiko Santos and others. And I was reading the, the manuscript from the meeting, and I was telling Bob, uh, that's a good document to give all public agencies so they'll know which, what direction to go. Well, I tell you what, uh, thank you guys, uh, uh, Dr. Janice Green. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Bob, hang on with it. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out Orca Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest. We do have uh, Reverend Harriet on. We still have... Dr. Janice Green, President of Storm Beach County NAACP, and Barb Armstead, President of the Washington State Chapter of National Association of Minority Contractors, and the founder of Mothers for Police Accountability, Reverend Harriet Wallen, is with us. So, Reverend Harriet, what do you have coming up? 
Oh, thank you so much. Uh, what we have coming up uh, is uh, on I'm showing on Monday, we should have Elisa Dawson on. Her son got killed uh, on Mother's Day a couple of years ago. And then we're going to be remembering George Floyd, uh, who was killed on the 24th of, uh, of May uh, two years ago. Uh, and then on the 31st of uh, this month, uh, the last Wednesday of the month, Mothers for Police Accountability will be hosting our, our, our regular meeting. Uh, and the attorney uh, speaker is going to be attorney uh, Vonda Sargent. She was the attorney that uh, that took the Wingate case, the uh, elderly man that was just walking with his uh, golf club, club and got and got arrested uh, uh, and charged with a crime. Uh, she took that case, and so we want the people to come out. She has another case that went to the Supreme Court of Washington State that had a pretty good ruling on that, and she's going to come and talk about that case. Now, how can people get access to the information to stay connected to Mothers for Police Accountability, right, Mary? Okay, they can uh, actually uh, go to our website. Uh, it's, uh, of course, www.mothers, S on Mothers, for Police Accountability, uh, .org. Uh, and that's our website. It's mothers, S on mothers, for police accountability dot org. Uh, and my, my cell is 206-380-1710. 206-380-1710. Now, you're also involved with uh, a police community relations. I think you're on the, uh, the commission for the I'm cell. Police yeah, yeah, I'm on the commission, uh, uh, the community police commission. And the city has filed in the court to come from under the consent decree. Uh, and there's going to be a status hearing. I mean, if we've never been to the, to the federal court before a status hearing, I've been inside a, a judge uh, in a courtroom in the federal court. It's going to be March. It's going to be May uh, 30th, uh, uh, the status hearing at 1 o'clock down at the federal building there on Stewart. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, uh, when the judge that's when the judge will go over the material, I mean, the filings, but he probably won't make a ruling that day. He'll probably issue a ruling a little later on of whether the city will come from under the consent decree or not except for two areas, crowd control and police accountability, uh, uh, that's still being worked on. But uh, so they're filed, and, and so we don't know the results of that yet. Okay, but we do know, I think I saw a headline where two uh, uh, whistleblowers received uh, $2.3 million. I don't know if it was one or how many uh, for uh, turning uh, in the former mayor for deleting uh, text messages. Oh yeah, that that came from a whistleblower, so that did not have anything to do with for the uh, for the commission. But that person did get compensated under the whistleblowers. I think it's a protection for whistleblowers, and that person will probably still have a job with the city. <laughs> so yeah, okay. uh, and the city did pay uh, pay out the settlement in that case. Okay. Well, I want to see if uh, if the uh, president of uh, the Sohomish County NAACP has a question or comment for you, Reverend Harry. Oh, well, I have one more thing I forgot to announce, and that's the Akron uh, uh, NAACP uh, is, is hosting a, 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 a national uh, protest about the shooting uh, of, uh, of this, uh, Jalen Walker. Uh, he was 90 shots uh, uh, fired in 4140. Uh, was rendered uh, in the body, uh, and the uh, grand jury uh, decided not to charge any of the police officers with it. It was a traffic stop on uh, not working equipment, uh, and uh, the young man did get out the car, and he was, they said he, was, he ran, uh, but the gun was in the car, and uh, so far, it, it, it's no ballistics to show if the gun has been shot or not. Uh, uh, so that's a pretty big case there in Akron, uh, and they've asked the Justice Department to come in and look at a pattern and practice of, of police uh, behavior there in Akron, Ohio. So that's, a, that's the NAACP uh, in Akron, and her name, the president name is Julia, uh, Julia Hills uh, uh, is her name. Okay. Now, it, what about the police community relations, black community relations in Somish County, President Janice Green? Well, as you know, we have a sheriff that we hope is no longer going to be the sheriff once this election is over. Um, but I can't endorse just because of the, you know, the way we're set up as in the yeah, yeah. But personally, I can say personally, um, he's been a horrible sheriff. He was one of the ones he was over shaking hands and, um, with the white nationalists, I call them with the, with the long guns. They say they're not white nationalists, but the, he was over there, um, shaking hands, um, 
<laughs> being friendly. So we, he, we're ready for him to go. Yeah, we had about uh, six Seattle police officers. I think I think it was, it was somewhere around there. They went back to uh, uh, they were there for January sixth as well. Mm-hmm. And, and two of those I, officers, I believe, lost their jobs, uh, uh, but I don't think the other four did. But the, but some of the officers did get fired as yeah, a result of some of that activity. And I saw another uh, news clipping with uh, a bunch of cops with uh, uh, police for Trump with white T-shirts on. So, I mean, they have a right to do what they want to do, but the ideology, I think, they need to be at another profession. So, so well, anyway. Well, police officers should be uh, should go back and look at their cases, because if they're going to be police for Trump, it might be something in some of the cases that they've already had, and it could be some complaints to get them that might, might be able to file something against these police officers for parliament practice of harming black people. <laughs> That's why you found the Mothers for Police Accountability. No, hey, I tell you what, that that's but no, that, that, so Bob, do you have a question or a comment for uh, Reverend Harriet? Just keep up the good work. Uh, we are are very interested and concerned about the lifting of the consent degree. Uh, I, I think there needs to be a more analysis, uh, additional investigations about uh, the changes, if there are changes that uh, the city is putting forward as reasons for the consent degree to be uh, lifted. I do not think it should be an automatic process. And um, I, I think more should be done to investigate what, if any changes there are. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that's down, I mean, the use of force is down in a lot of ways, and also it's been over a year since there's been an officer involved shooting, so this is very good, and uh, uh, those type of things. So uh, according to the DOJ, they have met all the requirements that uh, that they pattern and practice uh, uh, found uh, the irregularities in. So the judge will decide if that's true or not. Uh, and, and, but, but what needs to be fixed, the judge can't help with that. That's the contract. He has no, he has no uh, 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 interference at all uh, in the state labor uh, labor labor agreement, and that's where the problem is. And so uh, the judge won't be able to help with that. I, I'm very glad to hear that they have met those requirements, and that's the type of information that I that I was speaking of. Uh, the community should know that that they have done that. Hmm. Well, it's been some community, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's been the the, uh, the uh, monitor that has several community meetings and was talking about some of the things that did some of the uh, uh, some of the areas where they had met full and full, uh, looked like they had met full and uh, 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 compliance. Uh, May of last year, May two years ago, they filed a sentence under the consent decree then. The CCC filed to, uh, to block that. But they withdrew the filing after George Floyd had got killed. Uh, and so if it had not been for CHOP, they probably would have come from under consent decree and a lot of But the CHOP brought up all of these reasons around crowd control management and uh, what happened up there uh, on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, Reverend Harry, we want to thank you and uh, okay. keep up the good work. As, uh, uh, I know that we have uh, uh, Dr. Uh, we have uh, 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 Jacqueline Howard, I think, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, and uh, Rosalind uh, Robinson from First Day and Me. They're going to be talking about the event that they have that's coming up. Okay. So, but Reverend Harry, I want to thank you very much for taking the time and all the work you do. So, thank you very much for today. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Mr. Wright. Thank you very good much. Afternoon. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, we've been joined by uh, R- Rosalind Robinson and uh, Jacqueline Howard. And they're co-chairs of 2023 Women's Season at Seattle's First AME Church. So, uh, Ms. Howard, are you are you on? I am here. Okay. And, okay. So, you don't like the picture you were just on. You're in the gym now. <laughs> but anyway, I see, I see Ms. Robinson. We also have the president of Stormish County NAACP, Dr. Janice Green on, and also... Uh, the president of the Washington State Chapter of National Association of Contractors, Bob Armstead, is on too. 
But this is your time, and we'll be waiting for Pastor Kerry Anderson to join us. So uh, you guys are the co-chairs, so one of you decide who's going to go first. Okay, well, I also, I, I don't know, did you introduce um, Rosalind Robinson? I know her name tag at the bottom doesn't say her name, but uh, that's my chair. Yes, I, yes I, I did. <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. Pastor Anderson is quite busy today. Can you hear me all right? Yes, yes. Go okay, right awesome. Yeah, so we're just really excited about this upcoming women's season um, event, especially tomorrow, but we had a series of speakers. Um, and just want to make a point that this is for our women and girls in our community. Um, it's been a tough two plus years. We've all been through a little bit of something. And um, we decided this season to focus on the healing and self-care of our women and girls. And I want to emphasize that. So while we as women come out for things, we want everyone to try to bring a young lady with them. And we love the men's support in the form of financial support, but this is exclusively for our women and girls. And we'll talk about tomorrow. But before that, uh, just be knowing that it's focused on our spiritual well-being. And uh, we want to make sure that people know that we are driven by a scripture. It's uh, Psalms 121, verse 1 and one through 2. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So we have to look further than ourselves to find that healing and self-care. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Rosalind because uh, she's a seasoned member of Fame South, as well as a leader in the community. So Rosalind, do you want to take it over? Yeah, I think, you know, the important thing about Saturday is give a chance for women to just breathe, <laughs> just, just breathe and, and to relax and get rejuvenated. I think we all need some extra prayer <laughs> around these times. So there will be a prayer room available as well. But some of the workshops that we're having is your body is your temple. And financial well-being is another one. And I don't know who might need this, but a stress management session will be available for folks. Starting your dream business is another one. We're excited about that one as well, as well as building healthy relationships. I think we've been so apart from each other. And now that people are coming back together, how do you rebuild and how do you build healthy relationships with other people? We have lots of uh, good information that will be given at these workshops, as well as ongoing prayer room. We're excited to have uh, just some women businesses, Black-owned businesses, that will be showcasing their, their business, too. So we are, it's a nine to three. You can register online or just show up. <laughs> and that is this Saturday. So we want to make this sure you all know this is in two days. So we want folks to come out to First AME Church, 1522 14th Street in the historical area of Capitol Hill, the oldest Black church in the state. Come on out. We're excited about that. Full day of activities, workshops, and lunch will be served. It's $20 for women that are 18 and over and $10 for those under 18. And we will take money at the door. <laughs> and who's kicking us off is Reverend Judy Wortham. She's L.A. fame. She's the pastor there at L.A. fame. So glad to have her kick us off on Saturday. Now, that's just the first event. Because this that's is the entire season. Yeah, we actually started in April, Eddie. We had a luncheon, which was spectacular. People were just happy to be around each other. One of the most special things we did was just spend time together. And we took the time also to have every woman write a love letter to themselves. And that is in the mail, they probably already received them, probably at the best time that those letters were received, they were needed. So that luncheon happened in April. We also had a guest speaker at First Seattle's um, right here um, at Fame. And uh, that was actually Reverend Anderson's daughter who spoke. And then we have a series of speakers, Dr. Or, excuse me, Reverend Judy Wortham will be speaking on Sunday, this Sunday after the workshops on Saturday. She is coming all the way from LA as Rosalind mentioned. And then June 4th and June 11th, we have our final speakers um, to finish off our women's season. June 4th, we have Mrs. Persephone Gary, a very Christian driven woman who's a fantastic corporate leader as well. And then Casey Washington at Fame South on the, on the 11th of June. So. We couldn't be happier about this. Um, both the lavender and cream colors to our verse in Psalms 121, verse one through two, and just the dynamic of having women and girls together to empower, um, nurture, and celebrate each other. 
And June 4th and June 11th is hats. Wear your hats. That's right. It's hat day. <laughs> Find your hats. <laughs> Did you have a worn in a while? <laughs> so women, <laughs> bring your hats. <laughs> so is there any other information you want to impart with uh, with our listening audience? Yeah, I just, again, I think if, if you can't make it, um, please sponsor a girl or a woman. You know, happy to get the donations. But many people kind of, uh, kind of veer away from admission um, cost. And so if you want to help out uh, men and women, go ahead and sponsor somebody and hand the ticket over to them or just tell them to go to fame and we'll get their name down. So please uh, help out, but show up. It's really for um, spiritual well-being as well as mental, emotional, and um, just celebration. So, so is there any way that uh, uh, ind individuals who go online and sponsor folks by uh, buying tickets online for people that might not be uh, able to do so? Absolutely. They can go on to the first AME uh, website. It is a donate now button. They can click on that and they can make sure that it specifically says in the memo section, women's season. And perhaps I want to sponsor two people. I want to sponsor a hundred people, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give you $2,000. <laughs> so we take, we will really take, take that, that. And, yes. and put that towards our missionary programs as well. And how can they do that? They can just go on First AME Church website. At the very top, they'll see the donate button. They can click that and just fill out the information and be specific in the memo section that it's for women's season. Okay, well, thank you guys very much for all you're doing in the community. And I'm sorry I missed Pastor Anderson. He's a, as a frequent guest yeah. on here. So we'll It's him. okay. I think he had a service today, a funeral service to attend to. So he, he, yeah, he trusts us. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I know he does. He wouldn't put you out there. <laughs> He's been around Eddie, for a while. I appreciate he the time on here. And I appreciate the previous speakers. I was yes. listening yet. I know those causes okay. are very important. So okay. thanks for what you did to bring it forward. Okay, yes. well, Bob Armstead is going to be talking about something real important that I'm trying to get all my clergy friends and all Christians involved in. And that's making sure that we get our 15% of the $1.75 trillion in, infrastructure and job back money. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, president Absolutely. said, but the other problem we have is that uh, over almost 60% of African American males don't make it through the third year of the apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. And your contractors come out of the trades. So we got to start getting everybody involved if we're going to uh, really build our community and make sure our businesses uh, make it. And we went 23 years with no affirmative action. Mm. The governor signed a directive 98-01 that went to all uh, public agencies that killed affirmative action. And some people in this state, like all across the country, first time they see a chance to deny Black folks, that's all they need. It's just a whipper that uh, they can do something against us. So that's what's happening. Like, uh, it's really something to see the all these black guys on the on the field and on the on the basketball court and the stands is all all white students. So they got the end. The NC2A also got to take some responsibility, like the NFL and the NBA. You know, each one of those pro teams should be giving a black. Uh, I mean, a, a firms owned by African descendants of the United States enslaved. The people have been there four hundred years. Uh, need ten percent need to be uh, contracts need to go to black folks. Deposits from those uh, pro, pro franchises need to have a deposit in the black bank. Uh, yeah. Happy to hear that Magic Johnson is part of a group that bought the Washington Commanders. I don't think he'd have bought it. They'd still been the Redskins. But anyway, it, it, we're moving on up, as they uh, they would say. Yeah, one Thank thing I want to say, awesome. Eddie, is uh, I do believe there's been some progress made thanks to the representation of people like April Berg and Jamila Taylor. Uh, recently, uh, Inslee did sign into law in the Washington, in the state of Washington, reparations for housing discrimination. And there's more information to come. That's a very big deal. Um, we did uh, have that session of signing, uh, courtesy of Northwest African American Museum last week. Phenomenal turnout. But without the co-sponsorship of Jamila Taylor, whose father is uh, Dr. Taylor, who who founded Black Past. Uh, yeah. Dr. Puntar Taylor. Yes, it would yeah. not have happened without her pushing and, and making sure people are aware. And she'll be coming out to the community to talk about how folks can qualify for those reparations. They can get a piece of real estate to help move their, their family wealth upward. Because I, I did hear during that session that 42% of the Black people in the state of Washington have zero net worth. Zero net worth. That's I impossible. Wonder, were you aware of the fact the latest report coming out of Washington State 
that uh, African-American-owned businesses did 0.18% of the state's business. Uh, the state's procurement agency didn't do 1% with all minorities. So, you know, I, believe I, it. I mean, and that money is there. That's not a dream. And, and if we're going to talk about reparations, we have to be very specific about having how we participate. Uh, like uh, last week, I interviewed uh, Mark Morial, National Urban League president. Uh, in the, all the federal money from the Department of Transportation, 80 to 90 percent go to white female-owned firms. Okay, uh, there needs to be a goal for African descendants. Yep. And all, as far as that goes, there needs to be a department uh, in every federal agency uh, that is designated to assist African descendants of the United States enslaved in every federal agency. Yes, and, and it needs to be directive thing, or it's not going to happen. If you don't put it into law, it's not going to happen yeah, because well, there's I, too much bias with the buyers and the procurement people. Believe me, I did that work for 30 plus years. Yeah, there well, is so I, much all bias. Saying, all I'm saying is we have to have some demands on the table and some participation. But like right now, for in, in this so-called blue state, African-American firms did zero point, not even two tenths of one percent. And I would I would think that having 11 black members of the legislature that mm. something would have been said. But mm. unfortunately, right now, uh, Bob Armstead put together was the architect of a civil rights complaint that went back to uh, uh, Department of Justice, November 23rd, 2021, uh, signed on by 22, including uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, 22 individual members of clergy, uh, civil rights organizations, Seattle NAACP, uh, the a Black Collective from uh, Pierce County, Tacoma, uh, the Tacoma NAACP, the Ministerial Alliance, all these folks uh, 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 signed on to this. And yet we have not received any justice. And we're talking about $1.75 trillion coming down the road. And there's no guarantee if you killed all of our firms already, who's gonna, how are we going to rebuild our infrastructure? We've been mm -hmm. victims of discrimination. So if it's not intentional about involving us, we won't be involved. If they're still relying on white general contractors to select us and they got a chance to select a white woman or some other person, uh, we're the ones that kick the door down. We're still getting, we're still the people that, that are targets to be discriminated against. That's I know that. So that's something to fight. And also pray on. First thing I mean. We can pray, but we got to put prayer into action because prayer is an yeah. active verb. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I, I know that in, then in Kit, there's a committee working um, to find the black business owners and to share grants and other information to them because they're not applying. And so there is a, a committee in Kent working yeah. on black owned businesses and, that's, and yeah, that's good. But if you're doing 0.18%, the people who are qualified to be doing government work say, why should I invest in an investment when black folks aren't getting anything anyway? It's their numbers, not ours. Yeah. The same, we're not getting anything. Why should they go and uh, you risk their capital right now, put up their house to get some, uh, business rolling, and then wait for somebody to choose them? That's why we have to have an individual guaranteed participation. We can't rely on nobody else's goodwill because goodwill has ran us out of the complete central area after 23 years of no affirmative action. That's another reason why we don't have the central area anymore because of that. A lot of family businesses were passed down from mother to daughter, father to son, don't exist because they had to go out of business. So that's a serious situation. And I think we just need to pay it. But I mean, look at the numbers. That's the thing. And some people, oh, you just don't like this person. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what your numbers say. And I'm concerned that some folks haven't said anything about it. So anyway, I get off. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got in contact with Mr. Armstead. I don't know how to reach him. NAMCWA.com. That's the National Association of Minority Contractors at Washington.com, NAMCY.com. Thank you. So, Bob, you want to give people your email address? What do you want to do? NAMC website? Uh, the information's on the website. And uh, Eddie has your contact information, and I will be glad to uh, share my information through Eddie for you. Okay, is that good? Yes, thank you very much. Sorry, it's off mute. Okay, so I want <laughs> to remind you. you. Now, your pastor's name is on the complaint. Yeah. Yeah. You just got the problem is you got to just get through the buyers and the procurement people. They just don't have. They're not accountable 
or responsible to a number or percentage. And so therefore it doesn't get done. Well, we're going to the same people, the, 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 uh, the round table of Washington State committed to spend $2 billion with Black folks over the next five years, took out big ads everywhere. We haven't seen anybody really benefit from it yet, but we will be asking because the closed mouth does not get fed. Amen. And, we, and we can't continue to allow what's happening in Washington State to continue to happen. I mean, we can see the results. <laughs> Yes. I'm in my own neighborhood, I might get arrested. <laughs> and it used to be the black community. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear if, Ms., if, if uh, Dr. Janice have any comments or, or anything you want to say. Very interesting. I will um, like to stay in contact a little bit more. I think that we have a lot of folks in Snohomish County that can benefit from uh, mm -hmm. benefit from a a lot, you know, a lot of times people think Snohomish County is off the beaten path, but we are the next mm -hmm. county over. We're close enough. We're, you know, close enough that we can share. So I'd be very interested in that. That's good. Well, I tell you what, Eric, let's take this take this break, let this last break. Y'all hold on if you can. Uh, we got about 10 more minutes to go. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. All right, uh, Eddie right back at Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, and I understand we do have Congressman Hank Johnson on the, on the line. He just landed from D.C. into Atlanta. So, Congressman Hank, you there? Hey, good to be with you. And I hope everything's going well out there on the West Coast. Yeah, well, I have uh, some of the powerful people on the West Coast on this program listening to you right now. Uh, Dr. Janice Green is the president of the Stormish County NAACP, and Jacqueline Howard and Robinson are the co-chairs of the First AME Church's Women's Season, and Bob Armstead is one of the architect of the civil rights complaint, uh, president of the Washington Chapter of the National Association of Early Contractors. So uh, go ahead and tell us about what you're going to do to Clarence Thomas and how soon we're going to expand the Supreme Court. Well, you know, the one who uh, is uh, among your um, your um, speakers today, and um, yeah, and uh, just uh, yesterday we filed the uh, Judiciary Act of 2023, which would add four seats to the United States Supreme Court, uh, so that we can be about starting to undo some of the damage that has been done to the court by the MAGA Republicans led by Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. They have turned the Supreme Court into a 6-3 extremist supermajority. And uh, these are young justices with lifetime tenure. You can look for them to be there for as long as Clarence Thomas has been there. He's been there for over 30 years. And these young ones will continue to be there. And, and by the way, Clarence Thomas is only about 72, 73 years old. And he has stated that he wants to serve until he's 83 years old. So um, the nation can't really stand to have a out-of-control, unaccountable 
corrupt, extreme right-wing Supreme Court to be ruling over the land for the next 30-plus uh, years. And so the only solution, or one of the only solutions, is to increase the size of the court, to knock the uh, edges off of it and to bring it back to um, some modicum of, uh, of moderation. And the other piece of legislation that will help do that is to <clears throat> impose term limits on the United States Supreme Court. That's, that's another piece of legislation which I'll be offering again this session. I'll be introducing it uh, within the next uh, month. It would create a situation where uh, those who have served 18 years on the court would automatically go into senior Supreme Court justice status. And it would allow for uh, the then president to appoint someone to replace that uh, those folks on the Supreme Court. And as folks reach that 18-year term limit, they would rotate off the court. And eventually it would get to the point where each president would uh, appoint uh, two Supreme Court justices uh, during his or her term. So uh, in that way, we can kind of keep the court from getting the way that it is now, which is um, just unaccountable and aloof and um, without regard to the uh, to the history of this nation and the uh, the will of the people of this nation. Congressman Johnson, in terms yeah. of this uh, $1.75 trillion jobs and um, infrastructure and jobs act funds, uh, President Biden says there would be a 15% goal on for minorities. And the problem we've had in the past is that uh, the federal money coming in for like DOT, uh, white females are allowed to participate as DBEs, disadvantaged business enterprises. And in Washington State, 80 to 90% of that fund goes to white female-owned companies. I uh, just want to know how can we be ensured that we will participate Washington State, we've not had affirmative action for 23 years. The governor signed an uh, affirmative action executive order, but we still, blacks ended up with less than two-tenths of one percent of the pie, and only one percent of all of the state procurement agencies' funds went to all minorities. So how can we be, be counted in when they've killed all of our companies? Well, probably about 30 years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that it is unconstitutional to set aside government uh, funds, gov government funding for racial minorities. So in other words, affirmative action in contracting with the federal government was outlawed by the Supreme Court. And, uh, and we're awaiting a decision, uh, two decisions uh, by this court having to do with affirmative action in the admission of uh, students to public and private institutions of higher learning, colleges and universities, in other words. So uh, right as we speak, we're looking at uh, the prospect of Congress, determ uh, excuse me, the, the prospect of the United States Supreme Court ruling that affirmative action is unlawful and unconstitutional with, with regards to admitting students to higher education facilities. So they've already done it for uh, contracting for, uh, with the federal government. They're looking to extend that now to the educational arena. And what it, what it is, what the Supreme Court is doing is actually abolishing uh, racial set-asides, not just in terms of doing business with the federal government, but even in terms of the affairs of private colleges and universities, not to mention public universities and colleges. And so uh, that's where we are now. When, when it comes to affirmative action, it's okay to, to specify that set-asides will go to, uh, to others uh, who have been shut out, but not based on racial grounds. 
So, so what does that do to women, reparations? That's how women are a protected class, and so even white women are able to get a share of the affirmative action in, in government contracting, and handicapped individuals and veterans are able to, uh, to get uh, uh, a set aside, but not uh, black businesses. Mm. So what does that do to uh, what does that do to reparations, Congressman? Well, it means that um, it means that if you have the current Supreme Court in place after a reparations bill that would uh, be race based is passed by Congress and signed into law by the president, you always have the Supreme Court that is there to rule. That such a, uh, a, a uh, such a uh, scheme uh, would be unconstitutional—a denial of equal protection under the law. So, and in so, other words, you know, the reparations, the reparations bill you're saying will be uh, ruled null and void by the United States Supreme Court. Is that yeah, the that right would be my, Well, now HR 40 calls for a study. Okay. But once the study is is completed and you start trying to implement some measures that are based on race, my mm -hmm. prediction is that the, this United States Supreme Court, led by none other than uh, the Honorable uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, would uh, stick a dagger in it and say that it is unconstitutional. Okay. Well, sir, I want to. I want to. We're out of time. I'm very sorry, y'all. We're out of time. Congressman, I thank you for getting off the plane and getting on the phone with us. We appreciate that. I want to thank Dr. Janice Green, President of the Homish County NAACP, uh, Bob Armstead, President of the Washington State Chapter National Association of Motor Contractors, Jacqueline Howard and Rosalind Robinson, the co-chairs of RCME's 2023 Women's Season. AME. Thank you very much. First AME. Okay, thank you all. And thank all you, right. Congressman. Thank I'll you, talk to you after the program. Thank you. Thank okay, bye bye. I gotta let bye -bye. people know that I, I want to thank the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, Francis Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, SeaTag Bar Group LLC. They own the Africa Lounge and the Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A, as just Jerry Whitson and Rod O'Neill. And uh, the Africa Lounge was. Uh, was uh, the number seven best restaurant in all the airports uh, in uh, the United States of America. So those two brothers out of Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be trying to have the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus on next week. His name is Stephen Horsford. He is uh, the congressman out of the Las Vegas area. And also we're going to be talking to a couple of other members of Congress too about the issues that you've heard discussed today. Uh, we want to figure out uh, how can we, the president say there's going to be a guarantee of 15% and the Supreme Court says you're not going to participate. So thank you all very much for your time today. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, thank Eddie. You.